Blackstar Radio on the phone. A man that's fairly busy at the moment. That is the local state MP, Craig Crawford. Craig, mate, thanks so much for your time. Oh, no worries. Anytime. A couple of things I want to have a chat with for you. One is the state of the Queensland border. Now, we saw the border open up, but we have also seen what is happening in Victoria. We're now seeing this growing COVID-19 situation in Sydney with Anastasia Palaszczuk saying that she may declare some of the parts of New South Wales as hotspots. What's the latest? So, look, New South Wales, obviously they're tracking a lot better than Victoria, but New South Wales are certainly the one that we're watching at the moment, clearly because we share a border with them. We do not want to go down the same road as what New South Wales went where we end up having community outbreak in Queensland. All Queenslanders know, and particularly, you know, those up in far north, that uh, you're only ever two flights away from someone in Brisbane or even in Sydney. So, you know, we're watching it really closely, particularly if we get any outbreaks in places like Cairns. But at the moment, our border closures are working. They're working very well. We're keeping all of our mayors um, of all the remote communities updated, having teleconferences with them weekly to make sure that they're in the loop, certainly with people like Steve Golcheski, the state disaster coordinator, myself and Jeanette Young as well. So, you know, this is very much a watch and see, but the Premier has made it very clear that, that if the advice to her is to, uh, to shut the border, then she'll do that, that it's one day at a time at the moment. Because we saw how quickly the situation got out of control in Victoria. We're also seeing the situation where it's exploding in New South Wales. And the scary part is we've got 200 unidentified people across the border that we're still trying to track. Yeah, that's quite concerning. Obviously, there is the potential to put a lot of people's lives at risk. So, you know, we uh, clearly, we don't want to have to go back into another lockdown mode, either in the remote areas or even in the cities or towns. Um, Queensland's in a very good place at the moment. We need to keep it there. So we'll, we'll keep bolstering the borders. We'll keep pushing more resources onto the borders. I think that's certainly our success at the moment. I think I think everyone would agree that Anastasia has done a, a great job today uh, on managing that. Certainly. And one thing I do want to ask, the quick testing kits for COVID-19. Uh, how close are we to seeing those distributed in case they are needed? I think they're pretty close. I don't have the exact time on them, but my understanding was that they were imminent. So they, they should be arriving soon. The other thing I wanted to ask, we're right in the middle of this COVID pandemic and also we're trying to keep it off our doorstep. But then we've got other people trying to play politics at the moment. What was this that uh, David Crisofulli, the LNP member, was saying about the Global Tourism Hub funding? What's going on there? Oh, look, he's just grandstanding. Obviously, he's trying to take the spotlight away from their internal issues around their leadership and certainly their performance. So... They're running around at the moment making a whole heap of election commitments, pretending as though it doesn't really even exist, um, which I think is quite foolish. So, uh, yeah, they're, you know, you'll read in the papers and you see that you know they're making commitments around building this road or that road or a dam or a bridge or whatever. We'll make our election commitments, obviously, during the election campaign, but Premier, she's made it very clear that right now it's about dealing with the pandemic and the recovery coming out of that. I don't think Queenslanders are really too interested in hearing, you know, just political nonsense at the moment. Especially when I would have thought it would have been all hands on deck from both sides of politics 
to try and control this uh, pandemic or make R in there? Because I understand uh, the LNP leader was even pushing for those borders to be opened earlier than what Anastasia Palaszczuk wanted. I think it was something like 64 or something like that time that Deb Frecklington publicly called for the borders to be open. So, you know, you could imagine the consequence of that. Had of we bowed to that pressure, had of Anastasia bowed to that pressure, uh, we would be in a situation that New South Wales is right now. All of our remote communities would be closed. We would have community outbreaks in places like Brisbane and Cairns and Townsville. Uh, and, you know, and obviously cafes, restaurants and businesses would be gearing up to shut down again. And, uh, you know, that, that's just what a ridiculous decision could have made uh, had we listened to her. Well, let's see how it goes, because at the moment, everything seems to be under control in Queensland, but all it takes is one person. And that's the scary part. That's exactly right. All it takes is one. You know, that's, it, this whole thing started in Melbourne with one person. Uh, and you look at the numbers now. Certainly, it is scary. But the other thing I wanted to touch on as well, last time that we spoke, you had spoken about the Torres Strait Islander practice of Kupe Amaska, that is traditional adoption practices and trying to get it through. You and I believe uh, the member for Cook, Cynthia Louie, have been working hand in hand with this. It's finally been tabled in Parliament for discussion. It hasn't been voted on, but it is for discussion. Congratulations on that. It's been a long time coming. Uh, well, at least 30 years worth of fighting and to come through. So, um, look, it was a really, really special moment in Parliament when Cynthia moved a private member's bill. Now, it's very rare for a government member to introduce a private member's bill. Normally, if you do it, it probably costs you your job. But our caucus, led by the Premier, gave her the green light to do it. So she was able to introduce that bill. There were Torres Strait Islanders uh, that were in the viewing area that watched it. Um, it was a very special moment. There was a lot of tears, there was a lot of emotion by a lot of people, a lot of people even out of my office that have been working on this legislation for a long time. It's um, it's a momentous you know, effort, certainly by Cynthia, to get it to this point. My job now as the minister responsible for it is to guide it through the rest of the process. Uh, my intention is to pass this bill before we go into caretaker. I've got the support of the Premier to do that. So... A parliamentary committee now will um, undertake a, a, about a six-week sort of process. They will travel to the Torres Strait. They will travel to Cairns and Townsville and, and other places in Queensland to talk to Torres Strait Islanders uh, about it. So um, I know Cynthia is going to be encouraging people to, you know, to come forward um, and, and talk to the parliamentary committee, even if it's in private sessions. Uh, it's really important now that it goes back to Parliament in the September hearing that the Parliament, all sides of the Parliament, recognise this for the importance that it is that we get it passed. And, uh, it'll, be, it'll be a lot of tears on that day too, I reckon. Certainly, and for those that may not realise it, Kupe Amaska from the Torres Strait Islanders, it allows a child to be adopted by a relative or a community member for a whole heap of different reasons. It's uh, something, adoption laws that haven't been recognised before by uh, the Queensland law, this is the chance for it to be recognised and enshrined in law. Exactly right. It's been going on for you know thousands and thousands of generations, and quite successfully. And it's one of these occasions where you know there's a thing called you know certainly cultural law L O R E versus mainstream law how we spell L A W. And uh, you know this this has certainly challenged you know some of the thinking of of some of the bureaucrats, but uh, it's the right thing to do. And I would hope that this is one step of a range of things that government can do. 
uh, to recognise practices that existed for thousands of generations uh, before the tall ships arrived. It certainly is, and I'll be looking forward to speaking with uh, Cynthia Louie next week to find out more about that, so that's been good. Craig, mate, I know that you are flat chat at the moment, especially with COVID-19 that is happening, so all the very best, and thanks very much for your time. No worries. Thank you. Anytime. Okay, thank you very much. That is Craig Crawford, local MP, and talking about a multitude of things on Blackstar Radio.